Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. I'm really privileged this morning to be able to share the word with you and then conduct an interview with um, Dan Harding, who is a missionary that we support from Zimbabwe, which is in Southern Africa. And uh, I'm going to be inviting him up here in a few minutes to conduct an interview and talk a little bit about the things that they're doing. And then he has a video he wants to show you. And then at the end of the service, we're going to receive a second offering specifically for Zimbabwe and the ministry that they're doing there. So uh, you can begin to ask the Holy Spirit if you uh, are to play a part in that. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes about God's heart for the world. And if I had to, I guess you could say, put a title or a label on this message, it would be that Jesus blesses all the families and the nations of the earth through missions-type work. He touches the globe, He touches the earth when we give, when we go, when we say yes to Him. Amen? Amen. And before I get into it, though, I always like to pray because I am not counting on me, but I'm counting on Him, right? And we all need to hear what the Spirit would say to us. We all need to have hearts that are attuned to the Holy Spirit. So pray with me. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your astounding, amazing love. We cannot come up with words to describe your great love and your amazing grace, but we try. We know language falls short, but we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing and what you've done. We thank you for the opportunity to look into the Scripture today and also to hear what you're doing on the other side of the globe, to be able to rejoice in your large, infinite heart. You have room for people everywhere, and we thank you for that. Lord, anoint me to speak as I ought to. Anoint all of us in this room to hear what we need to hear, and then to respond to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start today with the most beloved, well-known scripture text in the whole of the Bible, John 3.16. And I I wanted to, but before I read it, I want to say this to you. If you think you already know John 3.16, let me assure you, you do not. You might know it intellectually, but you will spend eternity coming to know the reality of this text of scripture by your experience. Your experience is going to confirm to you Over and over again, millions and billions and trillions and infinitely over time and eternity, the goodness and the love of God. So John 3.16, can we read it out loud together? It's going to be on the screen, so let's read it out loud. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to walk you through a a, a few thoughts on this text, but what I want you to think about is how this text relates to God's heart for all creation and for the world, for people that you've never met, people that are nothing like you, people that have completely different cultural contexts, speak different languages, or live in a world that you've never experienced. I just want you to Ask God maybe today to make your heart bigger, to enlarge the space inside of you for people, because that's how God is. Amen? 
The first thing I want you to notice here is the motivation of God. The motivation of God. That is that He so loved the world. God is motivated by love. By love for the world. By love for all of creation. People and creation itself. He loved the world so much that He had to take action. And that's one of the things that we see throughout the Scripture is that God's love is not merely a love of feeling or emotion or passion, but God's love is a, is a love and the true love of action. That when God loves, He must move, He must do something. God is, is motivated internally by His own nature and His own character. And though He is Trinity, and though He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and within the Trinity there is community, and there is relationship, and there is eternal love, and as some theologians call the Trinity, there is this dance of the Godhead that's happening. God, by His very nature, because He is love, and He's community, and He's relationship, He must move to create, and then He must move to care for His creation. Not because He has any need, but simply because He is is. Bam, right? God is love. And He's motivated by that love to reach us. We've been singing about it this morning. God is actively moving toward human beings, reaching, compelled from within His own nature to rescue, to restore, to heal, to take back from the grips of sin and death and that which is of a demonic and dark nature. He must because He is love. And that, that love requires or moves Him from within, requires within Himself for Him to give. And that's the second point, the gift of God. He gave His only Son. Some theologians have said that when God was going to take action to rescue humanity, ultimately, truly, He emptied heaven. And we say, well, wait a minute, there were still angels and all those things that are in heaven, but the reality is, is that everything in creation was within God, within the Son. And when God the Son, remember, Jesus didn't begin when He was conceived in the womb of Mary, but He preexisted before He ever had the name given as Jesus. He preexisted as the second person of the Godhead, of the Trinity, the Son of God. He was always eternally with the Father in this perichoresis, this dance of the Trinity, this relationship of the Trinity, this love of the Trinity. And when God was moved to rescue His creation, He sent His Son. Have you ever noticed even in human love that you know it's real and you know you truly love someone when you're compelled to take action on their behalf. We can say it all day, but it's the deed, it's the act, it's the care, right? You, you know, I remember when I first met my wife and I began to think she's the one that I want to spend my life with and have a family with. When I began to think that, I couldn't help but give gifts. I couldn't help but love her. I couldn't help but open doors or do whatever. I wasn't trying to, you know, be chivalrous. I wasn't trying to fulfill some code. It was something inside of me that wanted to serve this woman and love this woman and give gifts to this woman and lavish upon her because love was inside of me toward her. I wanted to win her. And that's how God is. 
except it's pure and it's infinite and it's every motive is right. I think I had some mixed motives. <laughs> Thank God for redemption, <laughs> right? And then thirdly, the response, the right response. Whoever believes in him, that is to trust him alone as Savior and Master. And let me, let me be clear what I mean by believe, because I believe there's a lot of confusion within our society, within church culture, within many Christians about what believe means. I think we're confused about what it means to believe. Because often when we think of believe, we actually think that believe means mental assent to agree with certain facts, right? So we, we have these boxes that we feel like if we check them, we believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe He came in the flesh. I believe He died on the cross for my sin. And I believe He rose again. Check, 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 check. You're in, baby. You're saved. And though there is an element of truth to that, when Scripture speaks of belief, it speaks of an adherence to, a clinging to, a trusting in, a relying on. A, it's relational. To believe is to embrace. To believe is to trust completely. To believe, it's, you know, it's, it's like we've probably heard the story before of the, the rope. What, what do they call it? The high, high rope. What do they call the high rope walker? Tight rope. Thank you. The tight rope walker who, who said to a crowd of people, do you believe I can cross that? And they said, yes, absolutely. And got out there and walked out and came back. And, and, and he said, do you still believe I can cross that and I can walk across that tight rope? Oh, absolutely. Who here is willing to get on my back while I do it? How many of you know that changes belief altogether? I can believe as long as I don't have to trust. But when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ and trusting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, we adhere to Him, rely on Him, cling to Him, and He becomes our all in all. That's what it means to believe in the Son, not just merely to agree with certain gospel facts, but to agree and then to be moved, to embrace and hold on to and never, ever let go because He never, ever lets go of us. See, I'm not trusting in my grip. I'm trusting in His grip of grace. Okay. And then the result is simply, what? Well, not simply. The result is that we get rescued from destruction and receive eternal life. That word there, perish, there's no way you can change the meaning of it. The word perish means literally to be destroyed. So we get rescued from destruction and we receive eternal life. And eternal life isn't just ongoing, long eternal life. Eternal life is a quality of life. It is actually the life of God because you see, for you and I, we receive a certain kind of life when we're conceived and when we're born. That's called bios life. Uh, that's biological life. That's what's in our blood. That's what animates us as humans. But there's another kind of uh, life that we receive upon our second birth, the new birth, when we trust in Christ. And that is a Greek word known as Zoe. And Zoe life is the life of God itself, where we exchange our death and our sin and our sorrow and our debt for the life and the health of God. And God himself comes to indwell us and animate us spiritually, and we become spiritually alive, and suddenly we are aware of a different world, Amen. the world where God lives and dwells. Amen? Amen. And so when we are rescued 
were translated. The scripture says you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So there's an actual change of kingdom. There's a change of dominion. There's a change of rule. You go from being under darkness and death and evil and demonic presence to the life and the presence of God. Amen. And that's the kingdom you're in. But that love for the world also must get into us and compel us to care about the world, amen? amen. And what's out there. And I, I love this quote by Maltby D. Babcock said this, your love has a broken wing if it cannot fly across the sea. Or I could paraphrase it and said, your love has a broken wing if it cannot walk to your next door neighbor. Your love has a broken wing if it can't go to the grocery store in the name of Jesus, right? So love is compelled toward people. It's compelled to do something. And this is something we see in the heart of God all the way through the Bible. We see in the Old Testament that God came to Abraham. And when he came to Abraham, he said to Abraham, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth and all the nations of the earth. We see that in Genesis 12. And he said that in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And, and then we learn in Galatians chapter 3 that that blessing of all the earth being blessed, all the families and all the nations of the earth, that blessing was actually when Jesus came. We see it interpreted for us in the New Testament in Galatians 3, verses 7 and 8 and verse 16. Listen to this. It says, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Anybody in this room of faith? Any uh, sons and daughters of Abraham in here because you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Okay, and then look what it says. This is profound. It says that... And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, Gentiles are non-Jewish people, justify means God will make us right in his sight just if I'd never sinned. Some people play on that word, justified, never sinned. Okay, so we're right in the sight of God. So look what it says. It says, it says uh, blah, blah, blah. I lost it. Here we go. And the scripture foreseeing that God would make the Gentiles right by faith or trust in Jesus, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you all the nations will be blessed. So when, when God told Abraham, in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed, he was preaching the gospel to Abraham. Did you know that? The gospel of Jesus Christ was being preached to Abraham. And then verse 16, now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring who is Christ. So what does this all mean? Well, the Great Commission, where we're told to go. God told Abraham, go to a land I'll show you. And then God told us, go, go to the nations. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples, and we've talked about this before, but a disciple is a student, a learner, an apprentice. So he tells his people, go to the nations and make disciples, make apprentices of Jesus Christ. And that word nations is the Greek word ethnos. And ethnos is where we get ethnicity. So he's not saying just go to the nation states because those change all through history. He's saying go to every ethnic people on the face of the earth, every tribe, and make disciples, that is, apprentices, students of those nations, and then he gives us what we're to do when we make disciples. We're to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So as a church, we're trying 
to be faithful to God and to love the earth and to love the nations and to love the world faithfully and do what he's called us to do. And, and you know, we are involved in a number of things in Moses Lake, in our country, and around the world to fulfill that great commission. So we're involved, for instance, right here in our city with Youth Dynamics. We've supported them and different people in Youth Dynamics for years. Crossroads Resource Center, you know, they, uh, we heard about Crossroads uh, this morning and we've been involved in, in supporting Crossroads for years. Uh, also Longview Elementary School, we've done outreaches at Longview and continue to every year so that we can minister to and give toward our city and different needs. So Youth Dynamics, At-Risk Youth, Crossroads Resource Center, pregnant, uh, Crisis Pregnancies. Um, and we, we're also involved in, with Longview and, and some of the families there that have great needs. And then Ministers Fellowship International, that's the organization that we're a part of. And with MFI, uh, as we give toward MFI, they help with church plants and churches all over the United States, but also globally all around the world. So churches that are going into other nations are being supported by Grace Harvest Church. You might not know that, but we give every month so that churches around the world can become thriving, successful, healthy churches. And then we've been involved in um, Nicaragua. And the Philippines, you know about that. We support a children's home, an orphanage in the Philippines. And because of the giving of people in this congregation, somewhere usually between about 25 and up to almost 40 at the, at the most, but usually around 25 to 30 children every month have all of their basic life needs met and they get to go to school and they have clothing and food. All those things are taken care of because of our support. And then we go to the Philippines and we do pastors conferences and leaders conferences and we bring resources and we teach and we train and we do those things because we're trying to fulfill God's heart for the world because he so loved the world, right? So he gave his son and then what happens? When, his, when, when we believe in his son, we become sons and daughters and then what do we do? We do what Jesus did. We go, and we share with the world the love of God. Can I get an amen from somebody? Man, sometimes you're preaching real good and you need an amen. Just kidding. And we support Zimbabwe, as you're going to hear this morning from Pastor Dan. And we've been involved in supporting missions in Mexico, Russia, Hong Kong, Ecuador, Ireland, England, South Africa, etc., etc., etc. I mean, so many different nations, we can't even remember them all. So we're bringing Jesus the Abrahamic blessing to the world. And one of the ways that we've been doing that for years is through Dan and Yvonne Harding. And Dan and his wife, Yvonne, are the missionaries that we support in Zimbabwe. And Zimbabwe's in Southern Africa, just above the nation of South Africa. And I've known Dan and Yvonne, I, we were figuring out, I think, for 31 years. I think I've known them for 31 years. And they're very godly people. And they said, we'll go and... They have had quite a journey to becoming missionaries and staying in Zimbabwe all these years, and we support them every month as a church. Some of you support them individually, and they're good ground and worthy of support. And today, as Dan comes, I want you to come on up, Dan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Harding. Give him a big GHC welcome. Pull up a chair there, Big Dan. All right. So, here we go. So, Dan, how long have you and Yvonne now been... Oh, you need a microphone, don't you? I want you to scream top of your lungs. 
and you'll probably need to flip it on right there. Did it click? Got it? Okay. Let me see. Give it a test. Test. Okay, good. How long have you and your wife, Yvonne, been married? Uh, 46 years. (laughs) That was like a golf clap. Pitiful. I mean, think about it. 46 years with the same person and you didn't kill him. And she didn't kill him, which is actually the more true statement. Um, How many children and grandchildren do you have, Dan? Yeah, we have uh, five children, five biological children, a whole host of others, and uh, six grandchildren so far. Yeah. Yeah, Dan and Yvonne have always been spiritual parents. Uh, Anytime I've visited them in Zimbabwe over the years, they've almost always had at least one other young person living with them. And they've helped raise many other young people who've gone on to be amazing adults. So, amen. They've given their lives to people and to children and youth in particular. Uh, And how many grandchildren did you say? Six. Six, okay. Yeah, it's last count. Well, that's what is the current count. We got two two newlywed couples in in the family. In fact, when we were here in 2021, uh, December, we were on our way. I uh, heard just actually just come back on the way from from having our youngest daughter married, and then some of most of you or a number of you know our our, our son Ian. Uh, he was here for a while. He got married in uh, May of '22, I guess it was. Yeah. So, and I think they're all delaying, which is fine. I'm not one of those grandparents to say, "When are the kids coming?" <laughs> but you know, grandpa- grandkids are great. They I have are. a friend in Tri-Cities, and he, he says that if he had known how much fun they were here, to have them first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw a T-shirt recently that I'm going to get. It says, um, help me with this, Peggy. It says, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my granddaughter. <laughs> I got to exactly. get that. I got to exactly. get that. That's so true. Um, how long have you all been missionaries in Zimbabwe? Uh, I think a total of about 30, about 30 years Give, give a few months. Wow. Yeah. You've truly given yourself to that nation and its people. Yeah, well, we've, we've been married, as we said, 46 years and we've spent 30 years in Zimbabwe. In fact, wow. three of the five of our <clears throat> kids are, are, were born in, in, in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, where we live now. Wow. What made you feel or become aware that God was calling you to Zimbabwe? Well, the church I grew up in was a very... It wasn't a Pentecostal or charismatic type church, but it was very evangelical, very missions minded. In fact, twice a year they do a, a, a missions and in gathering. They do one uh, at Christmas time and one at Easter. One was for home missions, uh, other ones for foreign missions. I remember as a boy watching movies that that guys had taken, and I think particularly, I can like, most vivid memory of those are the ones that. We're down in Africa, and then as I grew up and realized the the call of God was on my life, um, that it became more apparent, especially at college years. Just a real testimony. My parents, uh, my parents were older folk, and uh, and my old, my oldest brother left for Washington State the month I was born, so wow. I was really back there. But what had happened? Uh, my mom, I think, was about forty when I was born, and. Uh, 
when she was... Uh, Were you a surprise? I don't think so. Oh. I'm, I wasn't surprised. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well played, yeah. Good answer, huh? Yeah, that's okay. a great answer. Don't mess with me, hey? No. <laughs> no. You know, one thing being a missionary, you gotta... There's three things that really help, especially living in Zimbabwe. One, you gotta have a, a good walk with God. The second one, you've got a, 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 a lot of patience. And the third one, you've got to have a great sense of humor. And I think God has helped me with all of them. But with, when, when I was born that late, I guess in the early stages of pregnancy with mother, um, that the doctor, you know, she, you know, you ladies, you know, you get, sometimes you can show signs of miscarriage and things. And the doctor, considering your age and all these things, just told her that, that you may lose this one. And my mom and dad prayed and said, Lord, if you give us this child, you know, that was the days before they did all these scans and have these reveal parties and stuff that people do now. But said, Lord, whatever you give us, a boy or a girl, it's, that child is for you and for your service and what you want to do. So wow. I just wanted, yeah. I never knew that. I never knew that until I was 27 years of That's age. That's powerful. By then, by then, I was already a, a, a marked man. had already been out of the country at different times. So... Just an encouragement to parents, uh, pray early and keep praying. And there were some years that I, in high school, that I messed around quite a bit. I, no regret, because thank God for his forgiveness. But, but because the hand of God was on me, it, well, still in the womb, that uh, I was kind of a marked man and was, was not going to escape that early. So I think the thing is you need to, to do that at the same time as parents, when God calls one of your children to do that, you also have to be release them. I remember my mom and I, my my parents were Baptists. I'll just say it, <laughs> and my and they were they could never figure out why why a good Baptist boy would end up in some of these kind of churches like this. Well, thank God, I said, Mom, I am where I am today because you prayed and you said this child is yours, and so it's an answered prayer long back. Yeah, it's your fault, Mom. Okay. What are some of the ministries that you're currently doing in Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe that you're receiving financial support for? Okay. Um, we did write a children's curriculum for Sunday school. That two full years of curriculum for three different age levels. And we did that the first years we were there. And, we're still, and occasionally go and teach seminars. We taught a lot of teacher seminars in the past. And occasionally someone calls asks us to do that. Um, we started a, a Christian day school we'll hear a little bit about uh, in 2009 and uh, using the ACE curriculum, if you're familiar with that. And we uh, raised up a, a team of people that we now we've totally turned the, the whole school system. But I was just sharing with it in the earlier service, um, when COVID hit, that any of us who are old enough to know about that, that, that was a world-changing event. We've never been the same since. And uh, we were, everything was shut down for a while, even to drive. The, I think we had limited hours, grocery stores, and, and those things opened from 9 to 3 in the day, and that was it. And if you're out after that, you better be part of the essential service group or have a letter from your employer, or in our case, a church, saying, because pastors did get some freedom of movement, we were able to keep farming at the village during that time because it's an essential service for food. But, uh, you know, you look at what God did in those times, and, and God helped us with the school, 
to, to develop a way when they started releasing a bit more, given more freedom of movement, we developed a way to continue with the school in a limited basis with by doing total uh, homeschool. We did homeschool with about 40 kids and, uh, and parents would come pick their things and uh, take, drop off homework and pick up new homework. And uh, we kept going with that and to the point that uh, we actually grew as we came out of COVID and to the day, I think we were about 40 students went in, now we're over 50 students. Right now, I'm on. not directly involved in that, but we really saw God's hand on us hmm. because people could do the, the homework you know, yeah. and keep up in a limited way. So yeah. we didn't lose too much ground, except with the little learning to read guys, obviously you can't. But the yeah. other one else, it kept going, and we really thank God for what he's done. The staff has taken it to the next level, and we're just believing God to keep doing that. Yeah, what else are you doing? Okay, yeah, again, too much stuff, as you said earlier. Um, the main thing we are doing in, in 2019, pre-COVID, Pastor Ken, as some of you know, Pastor Ken was here a few years ago, uh, asked us to pastor one of the satellite works. The mother church is in Bulawayo, the city of 600,000. And, uh, <coughs> and rather than growing the church huge, huge, we started because of the size of the city, we planted churches in different parts with five different branches. And one of those branches is in a, a suburb called Queens Park. And it was, uh, it, it was a real struggling work. I think when we took over, we, uh, then pre-COVID, we were probably less than 20 people. And um, we got through the COVID thing. And one of the big things we had done, we'd been meeting in one of the uh, government school and then, by the way, I'll just say, someone asked me a lot about the government. Said, let me tell you, I have greater freedom to preach the gospel in Zimbabwe. I can go to any government school and preach the gospel. Uh, and so you can say what you want about Marxism, socialism, and all these different things, but we've got total liberty. But anyway, uh, Ken asked us to go and take over this work and stabilize and think about one of the first things we did was move from that government school because a lot of times you get interfered with the sporting events and political rallies and stuff. We moved to Smile Village. The Smile is single mothers included, loved, empowered. as a place where you'll hear about some of that stuff in a few minutes. But we uh, took over the work and, uh, and during those days of lockdown, we, I was recording a message every Sunday and send it out on WhatsApp uh, how many of you know WhatsApp? But some of us do. Great, great program. And we were sending messages and telling people, if you're near and your neighbor, get together, listen, worship. But we ended up with that time. Uh, in fact, we started saying, hey, you know, most of our people don't have cars. So I said, if you're nearby us and you want to come for coffee on Sunday morning around 9, you're welcome. And so we started having these other meetings at our place. And that got through the whole thing. But now we, um, at Smile Village, there's a, a building that we put the foundation, or sorry, the, the, yeah, the foundation in the slab in 2013, and we're unable to do anything until 2019. But amazingly, through that, we started getting funds sent in, and we started building again right through that whole COVID time because you could build and you could carry on that work. And you'll see today, that's one of the big things we're doing now. We're pastoring a work raising up leaders, and, uh, and, and the church, well, today, uh, we had a kids' Sunday where we just had worship for kids, uh, and we had uh, the preaching, I got a 15-minute message, and, and we did this 
we had 80 people out. We had right 50 kids and 30 adults. Wow. And we're right in the middle of a, I mean, half the population of Zimbabwe is under age 15. Wow. So you've got to, you've got to reach kids. Yeah. And, and we've, and the, the anointing that's part of our, on our church is one reaching single mothers and reaching children. Beautiful. We've got a couple of ladies that are, I mean, several in there. They're just, you got things going. You say, hey, well, let's, we're going to have a kid's Sunday in, in this quarter. And then they get busy with it, and, and we had a party. It was food. There was a jumping castle with all the other stuff and fun stuff. Awesome. And uh, so we're right in the middle. So we target kids and single moms with what we're doing. Right on. And, of course, the, the part with that, we're also having, a, we have a farm where we're going, and you'll see about that too, so I won't say much, but we had a farm, and, uh, and, and so we kind of oversee that. Right on. I don't know if anything, any, did I forget anything? I don't think so. I think the video will cover what the you The video did. will cover, yeah. yeah. So how has your partnership with our church family, with GHC, been beneficial to your family, ministry, and your church? How, is, how has that partnership helped you? Well, I think having a home is really important. Um, I've talked to some missionaries, they ask them, where's home? Well, I was born in such and such, and I grew up, but they don't have a home. Mm -hmm. With me, I, I'm, I'm a, a relational type person, and I think having a home is real important. I mean, I've got people, I call Pastor Doug, we talk probably once a month, and just or just schedule a time to do it. There are other ones of you, I know like with uh, Lorraine, you get the odd call now and again to say, please pray, we're, we're, we're taking the stress. Yeah, uh, and um, the things like that. You've got people that you know and that know you, and when you come to the States, you can go, if you need to sit down and rest a bit, if you, if you have time for it, you yeah. have a place that really is home. And so having the, the financial and the prayer support and the friendship support, relational things, very important. That means a lot to us. And, uh, and Rel, are you, are you still, oh, I can't see, oh, yeah, there you are. Yeah, Rel. And we send a lot of emails back and forth because he's the financial overseer, what comes in and flows through here. And that, that's huge because it enables people to give and get, get their tax, rece tax receipts as long as we still can get them. Yeah. We don't have those in Zimbabwe, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just good to have a place to call home. Yeah, so if you didn't know this, um, this is Dan and Yvonne's home church, covering church, and, and so... Uh, all the support that they get from other churches and individuals in the United States and around the world comes through GHC and uh, is managed through here. And then this is where, when they come home, this is where they kind of land and get some refreshing and some renewal. Uh, at this time, we have a video, uh, what is it, about five minutes? Yep. About a five-minute video where they explain some of the things that they're doing. And then after that, we're going to receive a love offering for them. And just so you know, they have a building they're building, and they'll show that building in the video. And they're only about $60,000 away from completing that building. And they met in that building all winter long, and, and well, it was cold, and they still met in the building. And it doesn't have sidewalls, and they don't have heaters. People were in big coats and blankets, and they came to church, and they were that committed to be there every week. So we want to help them. We want to be a part of helping them to complete that mission and build that building so that their church can have an enclosed building that they can stay warm in. So uh, let's go ahead and roll that video whenever we're ready to go. Welcome. 
Thank you for the the privilege and opportunity to share with you about what God is doing in Zimbabwe and the Southern African region, and particularly through Zimbabwe Outreach Extended. We've asked different ones of staff and, and ministry partners here that are involved in school and the development of the property and children's ministries and and all the different things that are taking place even at Smile Village and we're taking this time to just give you an opportunity to hear and see what God has been doing in this season together with us. The Victory Learning Center is a school that was started in May of 2009 and when they started this school it was because the education system at that time had really gone downward. Little did they know that this school will go into existence up to now 2023. Victory Learning Center has seen children graduating and going to different places all over the country and this has been because of the foundation that they've had from Victory Learning Center. We are also there for the emotional support of a child, the spiritual growth of a child, and the physical development of every child that goes through our learning center. This level of education in our country, it has done great wonders. So two of the main areas that God has brought into our lives of ministry is with single moms and their children. Children have been a real focus of Zimbabwe Outreach Extended, both through the school and, and then through the village. To, to raise our children the way they should go. But Father, at the end of the day, they have to come individually to you to know you and walk with you. We have been focusing on the children in the area of Queens Park, the suburb there, to really reach out to the community and see them brought in and in turn believe that they will bring their families with them. It's been such a blessing to see these little ones come marching down the road on their way to church and then come into the building and enter into worship and see them accept Jesus as their personal savior. What a privilege it is to be a part of their lives and to be able to love on them and let them experience the love of Christ in a healthy environment. I'm one of the single mothers that stay at the small village. Being at the small village, has really uh, transformed my life. I'm better than I was before. Being a single mother, it's not uh, an easy task. We've seen single mothers uh, who are brokenhearted, who have who've gone through abuse. We've seen them uh, coming to Christ and getting delivered and getting help for their children. Uh, through this ministry, it has really lifted uh, the single mothers up. So thank God for the projects that are running at Smell Village. We've got a chicken project and uh, a garden project. Though sometimes there are challenges through the economy of Zimbabwe, but we thank God that through these projects, we do not run out of food. So the projects are sustaining us and our children as well. We are working on the auditorium. We started with the slab and then we, we did the, the, the structural columns, the supports, and then we put the roof. And now we are building on the sides. We started with six acres and with God's provision, we were given another uh, 
12 acres. We believe that at that place there is going to be growth. There is going to be a lot of people coming there. There is going to be a lot of um, uh, gatherings. We thank you for having taken the time you have to hear what God has been doing in and through the, the Ministry of Zimbabwe Outreach Extended. It's our privilege just to extend an invitation to partner with us. There's, as you see, there's different ways. Of course, right now, our, the big partnership need is to help us finish the, the Queens Park Victory Fellowship building that's located at Smile Village. And there's other things with the school, ongoing projects with school and the garden with, with vegetable growing and other things that we can do, agricultural products that enables ladies to have consistent work and also be able to take care of themselves and their families. So for more information, you can contact us if we, if we happen to be there in person or you can email. We can respond to that and, and give you additional information. God bless you and you have a very blessed, great day. Amen. Isn't that cool? I, you know, I told Dan in the last service, I said, and I mean so many different ministries reaching so many different people, and uh, I've been there multiple times, and I have to tell you, every time I go and we stay with them in their home and we go out to the village, we're really deeply impacted by the grace of God on their life for this and how they love people, and, and they've, like I said, their home has always been open to others living with them, and they're, they're really, really doing a great work for God, and so it's good soil, it's a great place to for you to give toward. And if you've been praying about how you can get involved in something internationally, this would be a perfect opportunity. So we're gonna do something right now that we always do when we get ready to do something like this, and that is we're gonna pray and ask the Holy Spirit just to speak to our hearts, uh, and then just do whatever God shows you to do. And if you wanna get involved in monthly support, uh, you can get one of their brochures, and Dan will be out here in the foyer afterwards. You can speak with him. Uh, you can give toward their ministry online. We have a specific place at PushPay where you can give toward their ministry and a number of their projects. And, and it's just, again, great soil to plant seed into. So if you need an offering envelope, hold your hand up and keep it up there until an usher gets one in your hand. And I'm going to pray. And then you, you do what the Lord says, okay? We all do what the Lord says. Father, thank you so much for the work that you're doing all around the world. Thank you for lifting our eyes today and reminding us that we're a part of something greater than just what's happening in Moses Lake or the state of Washington or even in this country. Thank you, Lord. Continue to give us large hearts that we might be involved with what you're doing all around the world. We pray your blessing on everyone. We pray you'd speak to us, tell us what to do, and we pray that you would multiply these gifts many times over. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and receive that offering. And Dan, while that's being passed around, is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah, the brochures are on the back table there. Uh, I'll be around. And there's also a card. Uh, if you want to be a monthly partner, you can let us know, but give through here. Or if you just want to receive our uh, newsletter, uh, quarterly newsletter online, uh, give us, fill these and give back to me or drop them with Brandy if you get me information for that. I was going to tell a story, that lady named Vivian that was with the, that, that was talking about the, briefly about the projects. 
she came to us about 10, 10 or 11 years ago and to the school and her daughter had just failed um, a national Zimbabwean exam at grade seven didn't pass at all and says now what do I do and she had gone to several other schools and just couldn't get a good answer so uh, we said well bring her let's meet her we'll talk with her we we tested her and found out she couldn't read and at grade seven it's kind of hard to write and pass exams when you can't read it so we um, took her in we we made her kind of a an assistant to the ABC's uh, to the learning to read program which is Rebecca one of the single moms that lives in the village someone that Yvonne trained to take over that and uh, uh, Brenda learned to read worked her way up to pretty near high school stuff she wasn't really an academic to go like on to university but she got, we got her into a training program uh, where she could uh, learn about the job market and and her passion, uh, Brenda's, it was the daughter, Brenda's passion was to be a caterer. And uh, so she started catering, doing a few things here and there. And she got a job at one of the safari camps as one of the main cooks. And then she's up, been up there for six months or longer, maybe almost a year. And so we've seen stuff like that. We had one young man that could not read at 18 years of age. We took a chance, took him in the school. The guy could hardly speak English. He, by the time he came out three years later, he was speaking English. He was he had worked from zero to about a grade five or six level, went to an agricultural training situation and did so well that they didn't let him come back. They, they hired him as, wow. one of the, as one of the trainers. So we've had some really great things happen with some of these young people. And not only that, in the time he was with us, he got saved, got baptized, got filled with the Spirit, and, and was an usher in the church before he took this other job. Wow. So we thank, thank God you. for that Victory Learning Center having impacts of that sort. God bless you. Thank you for your, for your uh, interest and for those that are involved in giving and praying for us. And I know with the staff here with Raul, especially, uh, we're in contact, and Doug. God bless you. Thank you for, for being a home to us. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you for the time. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. That's his character. That's his nature. He cares about people. Just think about it. He chased you down. You're here today. Those of you that are followers of Jesus, you're followers of Jesus because he chased you, he pursued you, he came after you because he loved you, amen? So let me just remind you of that as you leave here today. Remember, you are loved. You are the beloved of God and he loved you so much he gave Jesus Christ for you. If you're here and you feel like, you know, I, I would like to talk to somebody more about that or I'd like somebody to pray with me about that or you're even here and you'd say, I've been away from him and I've wondered and I've got off but I wanna return to him. We have somebody that will be at a cross back in the back corner of our church. They'd love to meet you, talk with you, pray with you for a few moments and have the opportunity to see you reconciled to God. So Father, I thank you for everybody in this room and I pray your blessing as we leave here. Lord, throughout the day, remind us of how much you love us, how you're for us, how you have a passionate 
heart that gives so that we can be people reconciled to you. Lord, use us now to be reconcilers, to be people with good news. Thank you for it. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May the Lord be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go with God. He goes with you. God bless you, church.